Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshitters. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Headshot, bang, done. Not sure Ken Flo signed up for multiple episodes a week, but you know what? This is his reality. It's 2023. Welcome in. It is episode 381 of the Anik and Florian podcast. You know, this show should be five days a week, but our schedules won't allow it. But we're very exciting to let the listenership and the viewership know that as of this weekend, Flow 2023, Anakin Florian Podcast is going to be in your life more than once a week. Pretty exciting stuff. Hell yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Maybe one day we will be five days a week. Who knows, John? You never know. Maybe that'll be like the Kenny Florian show. And then, <laughs> you know. All right, so if you don't know, the Anakin Florian Podcast is very happy to announce a distribution deal with DraftKings. So if you've been looking for full video episodes of the show, those are now on the DraftKings YouTube channel. And at least for the time being, the individual clips, shorter portions of the Anakin Florian Podcast will be on the AF channel that you have come to know and love and subscribe to. We certainly hope your support will carry over to the DraftKings channel. Cody Merrow is going to great lengths to make sure that our show is as easy as possible to find for the time being remember the show with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik will continue to reside and air live on the Anakin Florian podcast channel every Thursday night at 8 30 p.m. p.m. Eastern now why are we doing this deal well a lot of different reasons right ultimately this allows us the infrastructure and the support from DraftKings to be able to do a second show a week right essentially right now we have a staff me Ken Flo our producer Cody Ray Longo our handicapper Brian Petrie our intern Will Berger that's a paid internship right so now we can take care of the staff of five a little bit and just allow for the ability to do more right more content more fighter interviews and that's where we're at right now. So we're very excited to share that with you. DraftKings eventually is going to issue a press release with further details. But we hope that ultimately this will be something that enhances the show that you guys all appreciate and are here for. We encourage your feedback. I know people for, sort of have their own opinions about it. But any feedback at Anik Florian Pod on social media. We read the YouTube comments at Kenny Florian at John underscore Anik. Let us know. We're going to try to make it as seamless as possible. But but, but ultimately, the biggest part of this deal uh, is two shows a week. To that end, it gives us a chance to react to some recent news on UFC 286, Kenny. And I guess we should have taken Ali Abdelaziz at his word because the trilogy fight between Kamar Usman and Leon Edwards will be done, in fact, March 18th. And that means we're essentially eight weeks away. So not a whole lot of buildup. That London show, rightfully so, going to be headlined by the trilogy between the former champ Usman and Leon Edwards making title defense number one. 
that's the fight you had to make. Glad to hear that news. And uh, it's a big one, man. And, and that's one of those fights. I have no idea how it's going to go. We could see Kamar Usman come back and do exactly what he's been doing to everybody else and say, you know, that was a fluke. Or we could see a Leon Edwards, who is riding high on confidence, who said, that's not what I, that was not my best performance. Um, and he could go out there and, and perhaps dominate as well. I mean, you, you, you got to remember that first round against Kamar Usman that he won was extremely impressive. And then, of course, the way he came back, everybody knows about that. But I can't wait for that fight, man. Amazing. Had to look far and wide for people who were picking Leon Edwards going into that second meeting. And I think a lot of the handicappers that people out there trust, including the guys on our show. A lot of these guys, I think, are going to find themselves on Leon Edwards. I think there are more variables and unknowns with Kamaru going into the third meeting, at least as far as the health is concerned. Mm-hmm. It also looks as though his teammate, Justin Gaethje, is going to be on this fight card against Rafael Fazeev. Now, this is big news, Ken Flo. Justin Gaethje has competed primarily in the United States of America as a pro, certainly in the WSOF. In the UFC, he has fought in Vancouver against Donald Cowboy Cerrone, not as rabid a Canadian market as Montreal per se. He has competed in Abu Dhabi in a, in a pandemic climate. So, but Gaethje, dude, he's never competed in like Brazil or Australia or England. This is going to be fucking insane, is it not? <laughs> oh, man. Well, Gaethje, you don't need to speak any language, you know, in particular to appreciate Gaethje's style. He can go anywhere in the world and people are going to know exactly what that kid is all about. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be exciting for the fans in the UK uh, to have the pleasure of watching Justin Gaethje perform. Man. And same goes for Rafael Fazeev. He just yes. hasn't been doing it as long at a high level, so... He's just not the fan favorite, or I wouldn't think so in that equation, but he figures to have a lot of support there as well. Gaethje has not fought since a May 7th loss to Charles Oliveira last year. Fazeev, of course, has won six in a row, highlighted by that knockout of RDA in what was a main event July 9th. He hasn't competed in six months as well. So uh, I know promotionally they wanted to get that fight done for a long time, and it shall be done on March 18th. All right, of course, big things as the UFC makes its pay-per-view debut of the year coming up this weekend. As soon as we're done taping, I am off to Miami International Airport for UFC 283. Can't wait to get to Brazil. And, of course, we have got not one but two titles on the line this weekend. One of them, the fourth meeting. First time athletes will have met for four times in the UFC. Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. They will unify the flyweight titles. So many different ways, though, if you don't like that fight to get in on the action at UFC 283. I would probably right now check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. And new customers right now can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Perhaps you like Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill to get it done this weekend. He would become a first-time UFC champion. May not want to fade the ageless Glover Teixeira, though. It's a huge headlining fight, and you can get after it this weekend. Of course, a lot of playoff action as well if you want to get outside the mixed martial arts realm and the sportsbook. But all you need to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use code AFPOD, one word, AFPOD. New customers bet $5 on UFC 283. Get $200 in free bets instantly. That is Code AFPod this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. First pay-per-view picks of the year. UFC 283 beckons. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And it. The time is most definitely The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. And joining us, as always, for the main event challenge, handicapper to the stars, 
Brian Petrie, host of the MMA Takes podcast, at Brian Petrie MMA on social media. Big gun, happy new year. Let's go. What's up, man? What's going on? Had a nice little night last night. I did okay. Uh, congratulations on the, the DraftKings deal. DraftKings might not like the fact that I took a couple bags from them last night, huh. but that's not here or there. Uh, but yeah, good night. Get ready for this pay-per-view, man. I'm all in. 2023 is here. All right, so we're going to update the standings, and we have major, major movement early. We had a huge swing fight this weekend between Raquel Pennington and Ketlin Vieta, and had that split decision gone the other way, Ken Flo would actually be up a couple hundred bucks right Mm -hmm. now, if I'm not mistaken. But here we go. Brian Petrie went 3-1 and overall, but as you guys know, I don't care about his record, right? We're focused on dollars here, right? Mm -hmm. I bet on 15 fucking games yesterday, right? Doesn't matter how I did, I you know, 9-6 and or whatever. Mm it is we're talking bottom line and he hit his lock of the week as well that was dan ige made 300 bucks on that only loss on punahele soriano brian petrie out of the shoot to begin ufc predictions for 2023 at plus 335 dollars and i know bp is going to correct me if i'm wrong on that figure but i'm not no you're good that's good man now of course on the other side ken flow with his lock of the week. And again, this is an optional thing, but he had the old max bet on Ketlin Vieta. That's a $550 loss. So that was really the narrative of Kenny's week. Um, So Florian is minus $715 right now. He also took a shot on Haoni Barcelo. So a little bit of an early deficit. Nothing you can't get out of. No, it's early, Ken. It's early, Kenny. I went for it early. Yeah, you did. I love it. Bry, uh, yeah. what were your thoughts on that Ketlin Vieta Raquel Pennington fight? Obviously, you knew how big a swing it was in terms mm-hmm. of the main event challenge. What were your thoughts on that fight? So I avoided it money line, so I was kind of rooting for Kenny. I had the fight going <laughs> to the di- the distance. I put a lot of money on that just because I felt good about it. So I was kind of rooting for Kenny because that's a nuts on your table bet, and I'm like yeah. five unis. He maxed huh. out, so I want. I'm rooting for my guy. I thought it was extremely close. It was just a, a typical Ketlin Vieira fight, right? Yeah. I just felt like. She could have won. She, she obviously lost, but she could have won. A lot of people obviously had her, but she just doesn't do enough. And then the the stalling with the clinching and stuff, I'm like, it just, to me, was bad optics, the way they're judging. Very competitive fight. Um, obviously, I have no bones about it. I just, uh, you know, I had no skin in the game, but I was rooting for my guy, Ken Flo, to get that five-year play. You, Thank you. Ken Flo, there are a lot of people who submit scorecards out there that don't necessarily know the criteria, but seemed like the majority was for Ketlin Vieta. Any thoughts on that swing fight? I mean, close fight, yeah. but uh, most people felt like Ketlin did enough. I was a little excited. I, th- I thought uh, she was going to pull it out, but you know, it could have gone either way. I don't have a problem with it, to be honest. Uh, and it's same thing, same, same Ketlin Vieira issues that, that we've seen in the past. And I thought, you know, those things are going to be rectified. She's learning from this. You know, the last fight against Holly Holm. And kind of the same deal. So it was frustrating watching that fight. Really, really, really was. Coming up later in the program, by the way, strength and conditioning guru, Juan Carlos Santana. Cody, if you can email him the link, uh, his email's in the rundown. He's going to join us later. Gilbert Dorino Burns and Gregory Rodriguez, two of his pupils competing here in a few days at UFC 283. To that end, let us get to the predictions. UFC 283 to Shara versus Hill. And again, keep in mind, all of these wagers based upon $100, you do have the opportunity for a lock of the week at any point in time, and that wager can win you up to $500. All right, first pick for us featured prelim in the UFC's light heavyweight division. Ihor Potieri, a modest 200. Mauricio Shogunhua is plus 170. 
Bri, perhaps some value on Shogun for some, given the fact that this is the final mixed martial arts contest for the bona fide legend. Lost a split to Ovin St. Pru in what was his last fight, UFC 274, last May. Turned 41 in November. About a two-to-one dog here against mm-hmm. Potieria. Your thoughts? The legendary Shogun Hua. I remember seeing this guy in Pride being blown away by just his aggressiveness. You know, this was like almost to me a better version of Vandalay Silva. So Hall of Fame career, he'll be messed in the MMA space. They don't make him like Shogun anymore. And he's got a tough test. A young 26-year-old Ukrainian coming in, looking for his first UFC win. I feel like on paper, they might not be doing Shogun any favors, but you know, and the OSP fight, it was a, it was a forgettable fight, right? He he looked like he was going in with a game plan, lost a split decision, but he didn't get blasted out of there like he did the first time they fought. So it was actually an improvement in my eyes. You look at Potieri's eighteen and three, but if you look really look at his record, like I did, seventeen of those wins besides the one like contender series are against guys who have no winning records. That is a thin resume. He's beaten cab drivers. He's beaten guys that, you know, probably should have been there. That's great. He debuts against uh, a guy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Um, but he debuts and gets blasted out of there in, in a firefight that he didn't like. You saw him get in that firefight. He just did not like it, right? That's not what he's about. So what you got? What do you got to do here? Shogun plus 170. Shogun's got to bring the fight to this guy. He's got to make it wild. Got to make it a little crazy. One last ride, one last time, War Shogun, Shogun by KO. I'm not picking against Shogun in Brazil, final timeout. No chance. All right, I love it. Shogun Hua plus 170 for Brian Petrie. We will ding and dong a little bit, by the way, because I think sometimes guys might pivot based, pivot based upon the standings. Uh, the name that he didn't want to mention was yes. Nikolai Negumeriano, the there guy who stopped Ihor Potieria, Ken Flo, mm-hmm. and what was his UFC debut at UFC 277 last year. You going Potieria, the favorite Ken Flo, or Shogun Hua, the dog on the way out? Gosh, I would, I would love to see Shogun Hua end his UFC career with a win. Do I see it happening? It's possible. Um, I think he's had a lot of fights, obviously. He's taken a lot of damage over the years. He's been one of my favorite fighters. I always talk about his 2005 year being one of the best that I've seen in mixed martial arts. That was certainly his prime. Um, but this is tough. Uh, you know, I, I think he, he's lost a lot of speed. He gets hit a, a lot here. Uh, I, I think it's still a pretty evenly, um, you know, even match for the most part that they're, they're, they're not sending Hua to the slaughter here, but I do think that Pocheria is um, is going to be the favorite here for a reason. I think he wins. All right, next fight is the pay-per-view opener. Johnny Walker Blue, minus 170 against Paul Bearju Craig, plus 145. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just can't fucking help myself. Uh, Paul Craig's in the best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. Go to his Instagram. He's in the best shape of his life as far as his strength and conditioning is concerned. He is the number nine ranked 205er in the world. Volkan Uzdemir, actually the guy who halted his unbeaten streak at six in what was his last fight. Uh, but Craig in the mix at 205. So is the favorite Johnny Walker. Ken Flo, we'll start with you here. Johnny Walker, minus 170. Paul Craig, plus 145. Your thoughts? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like Brian would be able to answer this better than anybody else. Uh, both of these guys seem so difficult to bet on, you know, like I I feel like Johnny Walker is either getting his ass kicked or then he just knocks you out out of nowhere. And Paul Craig is either getting his ass kicked or he's submitting you out of nowhere. So these are two guys that are very tough to rely on. You could say, this is a sure bet. This is in the bag. I got this. So both these guys, I'm a little uneasy about. So to me, it comes down to, okay, who is more likely to make a big mistake? 
Who's going to be more chaotic, more erratic, make poor decisions in there? I think it's Johnny Walker. Um, you know, I, I still think he's a little bit immature when it comes to performing when he needs to in there. Uh, and then sometimes if he's really trying to be defensively sound, he doesn't throw any shots out there. Paul Craig's going to push the pace. I think he gets Johnny Walker on the ground eventually and finds a way to win. Well, Johnny Walker really needed to win his last time out. Got it. Quick sub of Iwan Kute Laba. That was at UFC 279. Right. Which way are you going, kid? Johnny Walker, Paul Craig? Paul Craig, I had to get one in too. Paul huh. Craig, I love it. Uh, Kenny's 100% right. This fight is like a tennis match in my head. I keep going back and forth, back and forth, and I can't get a read on it because he's right. Both these guys make so many mistakes. You look at Paul Craig, he's like, like that special, whenever you play a video game, that you always get like a special move. That's his submission. He pulls it out, but his last fight, he looked really bad to me. The Ozmir fight, he was not getting takedowns. He looked hesitant, flopping to his back. Ozmir just really just avoided the ground and won the fight. He has made references leading up to this fight that he believes in his stand-up. John said he's in the best shape of his life. He believes in the stand-up. Now, I don't recommend him standing up with a guy like Johnny Walker, but he has to if he wants to get this fight to the ground because his takedowns aren't elite. His ground game's elite, but getting it there has been an issue. Usually guys fall him to the ground. Then you got Johnny Walker. You know, this is going to be an it's an interesting duo here. You got Paul Rock, Paul Craig, who is the most intense guy. Then you got Johnny Walker, who's basically a dancing, smiling clown. And he was the uncrowned contender for a while when he was rattling off all those wins. And, you know, he got back but brought back to reality. But the one thing is about Johnny Walker is he's incredibly athletic. He's fucking enormous for 205 pounds. He's going to finish his career at heavyweight. I think actually that's one of the reasons why he has a chin problem is all the weight he cuts, but that's not here or there. I see Craig standing up to a point, forcing a takedown. Not going to happen in that first round. Johnny Walker's too big, too strong. So I actually like Walker by KO in round one. But if the fight gets, you know, you got to watch the fight. I can live bet now. I I, I cashed on some uh, tickets live betting last night. So when you watch the fight, if it gets out round one, pay attention to Paul Craig because I don't think he's slowing down. Walker could slow down a little bit. But for the purposes of the show, give me Walker by KO round one. All right. Official pick is Johnny Walker for Brian Petrie at minus 170. And by the way, the main event selection for these two guys last week got wiped off the board. So in the event that that happens in the future at Anik Florian Pod, these guys will make a new main event selection official for the record. All right. Huge fight at flyweight for the women. Jessica Andrade minus 450. Lauren Murphy plus 360. Andrade, of course, decorated former champion, in my eyes, future Hall of Famer, already has 14 UFC wins across three divisions, not unlike our guy Ken Flo, by the way, Sean Strickland joining that club over the weekend. And now Andrade back at flyweight against former world title challenger, Lucky Lauren Murphy. How do you handicap this one, Brian Petrie, and ultimately will need a selection? Man, I love Jessica Andrade. She is one of my favorite fighters to watch. She is just pure violence. And I really wish this line wasn't so wide because I'm like, you know, Lauren Murphy's coming off a Misha Tate win. You know, Vegas, give her some respect so I can hammer Jessica Andrade. But Vegas is like, no, no, we're too smart. We're catching up with these sharp guys. Um, I like Andrade here. She has the power, the grappling, the speed, the cardio. As long as she doesn't come in flat or unmotivated, which I think is impossible because we're fighting in Rio, baby. I think she's going to come out and I think she's going to really piece up uh, Lauren Murphy here. Lauren Murphy, I just feel like she's taken a couple steps back since the Valentina fight. She doesn't seem to be as aggressive. You know, she's just really pacing victories and she's a big, strong woman. 
as you know for this division. But with that being said, I like Andrade here. Minus four fifty is tough. That's a parlay anchor for me. And the way I'm going to play this is by KO. I think Andrade KO early as well. But uh, give me Jessica Andrade. And that, of course, is a big part of the issue here. For you guys, not an issue for me. I'm just the scorekeeper, right? But we force you guys to make a selection. And oftentimes, if people were betting this fight, they're not laying minus 450. Maybe you sprinkle Andrade in a parlay if you like that side. But Ken Flo, high price here, Andrade, minus 450. On the other side, Lauren Murphy, you can argue, has never looked better than she did against Misha Tate back in July. But she will be 40 this coming summer. Andrade, only 31. Who do you like here? Uh, you know, I really admire Lauren, how tough she is, her work ethic, uh, the improvements that she's made over the course of her career. But she's going against someone who is going to be more athletic, who's going to be more powerful than her out there. And I don't see Andrade really gassing in this fight where Lauren Murphy can take over. And Lauren doesn't have those... Um, I guess uh, spectacular finishes in her arsenal where she can, you know, take you out with that one knee that she loves to throw or that devastating submission that she has that if she gets you in there, you're in trouble. So uh, I like Andrade here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see her get the finish uh, either, like Brian said. So uh, Andrade for the win. Got a lot of respect for both athletes and both teams. We'll see how it goes in a big fight for the ladies there at 125 pounds. All right, featured bout in the welterweight division. Gilbert Durino Burns, minus 380, taking on Neil Magny, who is plus 310. So as many of you know, Gilbert has had a hard time getting a fight since he went toe-to-toe with Hamzat Shimaev in the 2020 fight of the year. That was all the way back in April. Magny on the other side, only the winningest 170-pound fighter in UFC history. Not surprisingly, though, Brian Petrie, he's a big underdog here against the top five ranked Gilbert Burns. How do you see it playing out? Can Neil Magny pull off another underdog upset? No, he cannot. No, he cannot. I'm sorry. Gilbert Burns, listen, they, the, the, the old adage is you learn a lot from your losses, right? Kenny can attest that he's a pro athlete at the highest of levels. And I think he's learned a lot because he went against the fucking boogeyman and almost won, right? He clipped him. He, he, he put a dent in that armor. That's super impressive. And Gilbert Burns, from all social media accounts, what I follow, he looks to be in phenomenal shape. And the one thing people... I don't know if people sleep on it. Maybe that's just my interpretation of him. He doesn't have a submission since 2019. This guy is legit on the ground. And his takedowns are really good. He's down in Florida training with some of the best of the best. Him and Kamar Usman go rounds for rounds, or at least used to. His wrestling is very good. And Neil Magny, when he fights fights a guy this high level, I look at the RDA fight. You know, he got taken down. He got armbar by RDA pretty quickly. Neil's very good. But Neil likes the pressure. He likes to get you against the cage. And then he likes to work his game. Not a power guy, a volume guy. You know, the one weakness of Gilbert Birds, in my opinion, might be he's a little hittable. His chin could be an issue at times. I don't think that's going to matter here. I don't think Neil has that power. I like uh, Burns to march him down, piece him up on the feet, get that takedown to get a submission. I think this is going to be within the first two rounds I like. So I like Burns by submission big here. Kempfel, what do you think Gilbert Burns prohibitively favored, some would say here, against the credential Neil Magny? I think Neil Magny has the ability to shine when he's the underdog at times, but I think this is uh, too big of a mountain for him to climb here in Gilbert Burns. I think Gilbert, uh, not only is he more skillful in in all the areas that matter, uh, I also think that he hasn't lost anything as far as motivation. If anything, he's even more motivated by that fight against Shumayev, which spells uh, a lot of trouble for Neil Magny. So this would be a big upset if Gilbert Burns loses this one. I would argue that's a bigger upset than uh, than 
Volkanovsky and Natasha. <laughs> but we don't need to rehash all of that. All right, co-headliner. And the historic fourth meeting for the UFC flyweight title, Davis and Figueredo, minus 110. Brandon Moreno, minus one fucking 10. How good is that? Fitting that it's a pick on DraftKings Sportsbook. Moreno, of course, had to dig deep in July. Ultimately, was able to stop Kai Kata France with a body shot in round three to lay claim to the interim title. Figueredo has not competed since the last meeting. Bribe between these two, that was 51 weeks ago, actually, to the day today, January 22nd, 2022 at UFC 270. Moreno, 29 years of age. Davison Figueredo, 35. Fourth and an all-likelihood final meeting. Brian Petrie, which way are you going? So I spent all night last night after the fights breaking this down in my head and going over because it's such a good fucking fight. Like this could be main event. I love the main event, but this could be very rarely in MMA do we get four fights. This is the first time four fights ever in the UFC, but on the top of my head, you got Orlovsky, you got Silva, they went for Rampage, Vandalay, they went for. So it's a special company that these guys are in to go four fights. And each fight's felt different. First fight, I thought Figgy won. Second fight, Miranda got the finish. Third fight, Figgy came out different was counting more and won the decision, but they've all felt a little different. And I love the mental of this because you got Moreno who left to go to Krause's. We all know what's going on with Krause. He had to move, go back to Vegas, I think, or maybe even Tijuana. Figueroa went to went to fight ready in Arizona. Not sure if he's still there or not, but that's what the big boost was for the third fight because I thought the third fight, he looked really crisp and clean. And instead of going out there reckless, getting taken down like he did in the second fight, he was very patient. And he dropped Moreno multiple times. But Moreno has been active. Moreno beat Kaikara France with a beautiful body kick. And Kaikara is no punk. Kaikara was hot right then. And Moreno has really leveled up his game. Figueroa sat out for a little bit. Was it injury? Was it money? There's a lot of, you know, moving parts with that. So the mental of this is so, so curious to me. And it's lined perfectly. Vegas is on the money. Um, just based off the fights that I watched, I rewatched all three again. I think Figueroa is the better fighter. I think he's more powerful and he's more explosive. I think his takedown offense, when it's on point, it's very good. I think Brandon is going to maybe look for takedowns a little bit. He's very aggressive. He has good boxing. But I just think if Figueroa is dialed in, he's going to win this fight. Now, I will admit, since I do I do live bet now, all my picks aren't as locked in as before. So I, I'm going to maybe text the group chat or, or post online if I switch because I have been bouncing back and forth. But right now my pick is... Devison Figueroa by decision in a super ultra competitive fight. I can't wait. I love that he's rubbing it in, right? That he can now play on DraftKings Sportsbook in the state of Ohio. No, it's a it's a real. I mean, can oh we get Florida God. done, DraftKings? Let's John, get Florida done. John, last night might have been the my my wife and kids were out. They went to a family party. I stayed back. Huh. Being able to live bet and hedge on parlays because I had I had a parlay ending yeah. off. And then Strickland, I hedged on it. Oh, John, I tell you what, I went to bet a happy man, John. What a happy man. I had actually one of the bigger bets of my life on the San Francisco 49ers money line last night. And I actually had to hedge with Seattle a little bit, gave some of it back plus four and a half because I was freaking out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Thought it was going to lose some tuition money, you know? Um, (laughs) All right. So, Ken Flo, the reason I don't make picks, I mean, is is trifold, I guess, right? But for me, I'd have a hard time. In a pick'em situation like this, Figueredo just got picked by your guy. Like I'd probably be going the other way just for the hell of it. I think it's a very close fight. Um, do you feel convicted on one side or the other, Ken Flo? And ultimately, which way are you go? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think this is too close to call, man. Uh, like Brian said, you look at each of their fights; they're all so different in how they approach it. It's like. 
you know, the adjustments, the adaptations, both in fight and fight to fight uh, are, are pretty drastic. So this is a really tough one for me. Um, having trained with Brandon Moreno, I'm a little biased. Uh, so I'm going to go that way. Uh, I'm going to go the way of Brandon Moreno. I think he needs to do a better job of winning the grappling exchanges and he t- needs to take away the power shots of Figueredo. Uh, how does he do that? He needs the right angles. He he can't just go straight forward. He's got to be slick. He's got to remember who the slicker guy is. He's not the more powerful guy. He's not the more potent striker. He's not the guy who can finish it in an instant. But he's got to be able to get the proper angles, be defensively sound, and win the grappling exchanges that matter. If he can do that, he can win this fight. No easy task. I will reserve the the right to change it leading up to this fight as I see weigh-ins and all that stuff, Brian, right? So, uh, but I, I love this fight, man. When these guys are at their best, man, and fighting, uh, this this is as good as it gets in mixed martial arts. So, uh, can't wait to see it. Huge swing fight early as far as the main event challenge goes, mm-hmm. but perhaps Ken Flo actually pivots later in the week. We shall see. That brings us to the main event for UFC 283. For the undisputed UFC light heavyweight title, Jamal Hill minus 125, Glover Teixeira plus 105. Many of you know the backstory of what happened between Magomed Ankalaev and Jan Bohovic. They fight to a draw last December. The UFC pivots and expeditiously. Kenny, we will start with you on the main event as you are trailing right now. Jamal Hill, three straight wins by knockout. Jimmy Crute, Johnny Walker, Tiago Santos, 11-1 and overall. Only loss via stoppage to Paul Craig, June of 2021. Jamal Hill right now, a few days out, favored to become the UFC light heavyweight champion. Who wins it? This is an extremely interesting fight because Jamal Hill, I feel like, is a very sharp striker. And when he's on his game, he's capable of knocking out anybody in that division. And Glover is susceptible to this and is susceptible to this style. I think Glover's best bet is uh, setting up those takedowns with strikes, uh, go high, shoot low, put Jamal on his back, get a dominant position, and look for some kind of submission or TKO. I think if he's able to do that, Glover absolutely can win this fight. I just think with Glover, with his age and the miles that he has right now, it's hard to know where he's at. Uh, where his body is at, what's his motivation like? You know, we've seen him slow down significantly, in my opinion, in the last few years. Doesn't mean he's not a great fighter. He still is a great fighter, but he has lost a lot of that speed. And as we know, speed kills. Jamal Hill has that speed. That I think early on in this fight, we're, we're going to find out uh, what's going to happen. I, I think the first few minutes are going to be telling. Um, I, I think that's where Jamal Hill is probably going to take over. I wouldn't be surprised to see an early win um, or a, a, some kind of rallying comeback from Teixeira. But I don't know if Teixeira is going to get his chance. I like Jamal Hill here. Jamal Hill minus 125 for Ken Flo. Man, I'm, I'm, I mean, sweet dreams. Can you imagine if this dude's the heavyweight champ? I mean, I've said sweet dreams before on a punctuating call, but Flo, it's like too fucking perfect. Like if he knocks Glover out, I'm probably going to fucking say sweet dreams. <laughs> so I'll just let everybody know. Brian, which way are you going? I love this fight. I was in Vegas for the Ankalaev Blahovich, uh, draw. I thought Ankalaev won. I understand the scoring and everything. It was a competitive fight, but I understand the UFC standpoint. Last pay-per-view of the year didn't live up to the hype. I thought maybe it was overly criticized because it was competitive, but I, I, I get the business standpoint. Jamal Hill 
man, I'm on team sweet dreams. This guy's confidence and just the way he carries himself and everything is just, I love it. I really, really do. I love the way he handled his loss to Paul Craig. They were dancing in the club afterwards, you know, a little, there's some little spats before, but you know, you look at Glover and I faded Glover a lot, you know, the age, this and that, and he's really kind of transformed his game because when he first came in the UFC, he was Chuck Liddell's sparring partner and he was the hardest hitter John, uh, John Hackman's ever held mitts for, right? That was his thing. He knocked everyone out and he's really pivoted to this guy where I'm going to take you down, I'm going to smother you, I'm going to beat you up, and then I'm going to look for a submission. Jamal Hill, stand up, his striking, his confidence, everything's really good. And Jamal Hill's flaunting, I just took my purple belt, now I'm a brown belt, right? That's cool, but Glover's been on the ground with black belts and has submitted him. Anthony Smith's a very good black belt on the ground, and, and Glover pounded him out. You know, Jan Blachowicz got submitted. He's a good black belt as well. So, I, you know, that, that's good for Jamal Hill. I like that for Jamal Hill. But when you look at this fight, and I'm getting a plus number on old man Glover <laughs> with the style matchup as well, because if he takes Jamal Hill down, there's a lot of questions we still have Jamal Hill. I know he has said multiple times, my first martial arts was jiu-jitsu. But what does that mean? We all know there's levels to this game. And I think if he takes Jamal Hill down and keeps him down, uh, which is easier said than done, I'm assuming, uh, Glover's going to have a good night and Glover's going to win with either some kind of submission, some kind of ground and pound, or just wearing him out. So I like Glover here at plus money. And then on top of that, I'm going to lock him up. I'm going to wow. lock him up at plus wow. money. I'm going to go two units on Glover. I like him that much. Um, and I, I I want Jamal Hill to win. I'm a Jamal Hill fan. I think he will be fighting for the title again, right? I really, really like him. But just this matchup, I think it's Glover's time. Uh, and you look at the Yuri fight. Yuri's a savage. Glover had that fight won on multiple occasions. So give me Glover. Lock him up. Two units. I love it. And you know what, Brian Petrie, the advanced nature of his history as a gambler is such that I don't need to prop him or uh, prep him on the lock of the week. You know he's going to break. Kenny, do you want to add to any of your wagers? You're good to lay out with the uh, the singular unit plays for uh, for UFC 283. Dude, I'm gun shy after last week. Yeah. <laughs> confidence is low. I repeat, yeah. confidence yeah. is low. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, that was such a big swing fight, it right? Was. It's crazy to I think that all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah no, no. All right. All right, if you want more from Brian Petrie, you can check out his MMA Takes podcast and on social media at Brian Petrie MMA. BP, always appreciate your energy, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Let's go, boys. see how you did, buddy. Have a good time in Brazil. Let's go, boys. Thank you, buddy. Brian Petrie with us for the Main Event Challenge every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. We have fun with that. Paul Craig, right? So I'll just a little bit of advice for the fellow play-by-play guys out there. If you ever want to go to Scotland again, you can't call him Paul Craig, right? I learned that the hard Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt-sip smell routine, or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia, to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes Wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. Sorry, my mic is just doing crazy things today. I got this beautiful mic on a stand and it just keeps cutting out and then it 
to go back to my MacBook microphone, but we're just powering through as the host of this fine program, and we're going to rifle it right back out to the guest line now because joining us, this man is a legend, folks, owner and operator of the Institute of Human Performance right here in South Florida, legendary strength training coach and mind the newlywed Juan Carlos Santana. Freshly shaved today, my man. You're looking good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you, Kenny. How are you doing, brother? Good. Nice to see you. good. How are you, man? All right. See how good he looks? So married married life has got to be good. I'm telling you. Well, I'm in. Well, I'm, I'm in. You looked very good in your suit, and we congratulate you on that. You also looked really good in a photo you sent me this morning. So if you don't know, JC and the Institute of Human Performance, really the first strength and conditioning team to be aligned with American top team so you sent a photo today i mean you've aged grace gracefully but you still look very young as does pahumpa and dean thomas a lot of different legends Crazy. i did forward that picture along to ken Flo. that was uh that oh. was a, a trip back through time yes sir yes sir all right so a lot of different things to get to with you today and we appreciate your time especially on a sunday you have trained so many high level athletes and chief among them right now is gilbert Dorino burns he's the highest profile ufc fighter in your gym right now you guys have had probably a half a dozen training camps together if not more at this point in time um i know you get excited talking about gilbert Dorino burns we get excited hearing about him what can you tell us now a few days out he's ready and and um i think it was kenny that said that uh it's funny because when 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 you when you get that wear and tear, especially a, a, like a, a fight after Hamzad, man, that has a tendency to just beat somebody down. And Dorino is not that guy. Dorino is not that guy. He's more hungry now, but he's seasoned. He's seasoned. He can he can stay in the right shape, and we can peak in six in six weeks, man. I mean, he's ready to roll. He's ready to roll, and he's hungry. Well rested, uh, you know, we titrate that big time because I can see it in their faces and I can see it the way they talk. When they're starting to walk down the hall, I kind of know if they're tired or not. So, but uh, I pleaded with these guys about two weeks out, you know, now's the time. Honor the weight cut and honor recovery. The work has been done already. We're, we're surfing right to the fight. And both of them have, um, uh, have done that. You know, and, and Gregory and Dorinho look awesome. So does uh, um, Danny uh, Marcos. Uh, but Dorinho, like Kenny said, Dorinho seems to be more hungry now. It, it's crazy. It's crazy because normally with age and time, you become a little bit more logistical and a little bit more philosophical. Hey, how many fights, this and that. You can see it in his eyes. He's still, he's, he's still gunning down a title fight. He's still gunning down a title fight. I didn't like this fight because I wanted Bilal. I go, fight up, fight up. You, know, right, you don't right. fight the guys behind you. You fight the guys in front of you. And he, you know, he gave me the, the political thing, the economic thing, the whole thing. I'm going, look, it's a winnable fight without a doubt. I just don't like it from a business standpoint. I don't like risking for nothing. You know, so uh, he said, no, coach, you know, uh, we got this. I, you know, we need to do this to stay active. Da, 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 da. He explained it to me. I'm saying, all right. We both, because we both feed off of each other and we both give each other the real deal. He knows that I tell him if I like something and if I don't like something. And both times that I haven't liked the fight, he has explained his rationale. And once he explains his rationale and we decide to go, then I'm all in. I'm all in. I'll throw my body on that grenade. No problems. And, and we are ready. We are ready. Uh, it's it's going to be a good one. I think he takes him out. JC, how do you manage that when you're talking to your athletes? Because I imagine, you know, 
not all athletes are like Gilbert, where you can have a conversation and you can give you know, your real opinion on what you think about a certain fight or about mm-hmm. a certain fighter or how a camp is going. Um, how do you manage dealing with kind of the, the different personalities like that? Are you just the same across the board with everybody and, and they have to understand that? Well, or do you I'm, I'm, I'm the same across the board, but, you know, at 63, you know, and being involved in business and being involved in show business and being having a bar, all of my experiences kind of teach you how to operate in different in, in, at different levels with different people. And so I think um, one of the things that, that helps my coaching is being able to be true, be honest, but be able to adapt to the level where somebody can, can, um, can understand me. Here's, here's an example. Gregory Rodriguez is extremely religious. Okay. When he got his uh, fight, uh, when Brad pulled out, he, I mean, it hit him. It hit him like, bam. My last comment to him on Wednesday's workout I went like this to him. I got pretty close to him. I said, Bobby, he goes, I said, God has you in his hands. Bing! Call, yeah. And that night, we got the call. That night, we got the call. We got, we have an opponent. And I said, Papa, what did, what did Bobby tell you? We got this, baby. (laughs) We got this. You are flying on God's wings. That to him motivates him. Gilbert is religious. But that's not the way I talk to Gilbert. Right. So it's well, the, that's it's why the you're the age, best. It's the age. It's the different environments that I've been in that allow me to talk to and communicate with different different people at, at their level. So uh, Ian Einish, I'm, I'm I'm chatting with him now, and he's training with us. He's in Colorado, so I just had a 40 minute conversation with his coach. And so Ian is also extremely religious, as you know. So yep. I talked to to Ian, kind of like Gregory. And it lights him up. It calms him down. And he's tell, he tells me, he goes, not only is the training here very high level, very, very deductive reasoning type, but it's the way you coach. It's the way you coach, coach. It's, it's the spiritual component of IHP. It's the truth. No, and I can tell when you're in the gym and when you're not there. As some of you know, I do train with JC's son, Rio, who is outstanding in his own right. And uh, the apple, of course, does not fall far from the tree. But uh, no, there's nothing. I mean, your energy is uh, is unique and inimitable. And that's why you've been one of the many reasons why you've been wildly successful. Now, I do want to talk about Daniel Marcos for a second, if I could, because this is a Peruvian fighter that isn't necessarily on my man Ken Flo's radar just yet. But I think he will be potentially after this weekend, 29 years of age, make it his UFC debut. He's 13 and 0. Daniel Soncoro Marcos, what can you tell us about his progression and ultimately your thoughts on him in advance of the debut? Dude, I, I know a lot of people say this, but I venture to say that he really does have top five material. Top five material. I kid oh, you wow. not. And what I saw in him in the contender series, by the way, you got to know the backstory of this guy. This guy in last January gets married at 12. At nine, he's on a plane. No honeymoon, no nothing. He's here for nine months. No, he hadn't fought in three years. Goes to the contender series with a return contender component, and he just blasted him. He, he kicked this guy so hard, the ball of his foot was black and blue. And this kid kept coming. So they threw no starts, no, no, no right, baby right. at him. This kid kept coming. He's a tough kid. And Danny, what I noticed was it's not only his technique, it's his instincts. You can't, Kenny, you know this. You can't teach that. The ability to go on offense and immediately give, give yourself a defensive posture, which is a reaction. 
where you can't get hit, you, you don't teach that. You can't practice that. It's either in you or not. He has that. He is extremely, extremely um, disciplined. He did his camp. One went back with his family for a week, came back. We trained, went back for um, uh, Christmas for two days so he could give gifts to his kids and he's back. So this kid is listening. And that's another thing. Uh, Charles Rosa, you know, he's Charles Rosa's roommate. And Charles Rosa is a good fighter, but he is going to be, I equate him to uh, Mike Brown. Charles Rosa, I, I think, will be the next Mike Brown. Good fighter, but man, as a coach, insane. They listen. They listen. So we're bringing up all of these new thoughts and all of the new systems that we're bringing in. Uh, for example, uh, we're going to do away with boxing. We're going to do away with wrestling. Why? I'm an engineer, man, and I'm a businessman. You don't invest two hours into something that's going to yield 10%. So if half of wrestling gets you in trouble with MMA and half of boxing does too, why are we doing boxing and, and wrestling? That takes drive time. That takes resources out of your physical being, everything. So we're going to go to grappling, MMA grappling, MMA striking twice a week, and two technical live sessions twice a week. If you do the numbers, that's six sessions. Some of these guys are doing 15 sessions. It's yeah, I want to I want to get a little bit more in depth on that because you did send me and Kenny a little bit of a text message about some of the sports specific training that you are doing and what you plan to do. But you also have found fault to your point with maybe some of the way that other major camps and athletes on a high level are approaching their mixed martial arts training from a functional standpoint. Is that true? And from an efficient standpoint, and if efficiency is function, then yes. Yes. It just doesn't make sense to me to teach wrestling where if I go in for a great takedown, I'm susceptible to a guillotine if I don't know what the hell I'm doing. If, I, um, if I'm scrambling, I can give somebody's back, my back to someone, and you know what that means, you're done. So if half of wrestling gets me in trouble, I want to only do the half of wrestling that, that gets me in a good situation, and that's yeah, right. MMA grappling. There's nothing else. There's a reason why it's called dirty boxing. Because in a boxing match, you don't know. Well, you clinch, here comes the ref. In MMA, you clinch. Oh, shoot. We, we got an arsenal of things that can take a, a boxer and just be done. So if you're, re, you're, if you're repeating a psychomotor pattern, okay, guess what? You start to do that. When, 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 when the poop hits the ground, when, when the shit hits the ground, you start to do that. So we can't have that reactive stuff, especially when you consider psychomotor vigilance and what happens to your psychomotor situation when you get tired. You go back to what you're doing. And if what you're right. doing is giving your neck, if what you're doing is giving your back, if what you're doing is a narrow stance, if what you're doing is clinching and waiting for Herb Dean to come and break you up, and this guy's throwing yeah. elbows, stomping your feet, and, and kneeing you in the ribs, no, man. No, we got to I think this is huge. This is, this is what... Uh, me and my brother would do, we, we basically made everything an MMA drill because if you are just isolating a certain thing like wrestling or just jujitsu or just striking, you're ignoring like 75% of repercussions. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, there's certain things you can do wrestling wise, but your head is in the wrong position. You'd get out, you'd get your face elbowed off or yes. you would get submitted here in this position. So absolutely. I, I think um, it's surprising that in 2023, that there's still a lot of camps that kind of follow that modality of, okay, now we're just going to do striking or now we're just going to do wrestling or now we're just going to do jujitsu when that's not how you're going to compete. So one yeah, word, it's crazy. one word, 
egos. Because if you don't go to jujitsu class, then the jujitsu instructor gets his butt hurt. And then if you don't go to, if you don't drive to Miami and do boxing training down there, you know, then, uh, no. Right, right. Well, we got to get rid of that, man. We got to look at, do we want to be efficient or do we want to be right? And by the way, when you are efficient, you're right most of the times. Exactly. So if you want to so, be right, get on the right train. But that means giving up maybe uh, privates. And now, yeah. now you get into egos. You get into egos. You know? So I, in I terms get, of- I get into those battles all the time. And as a 63-year-old warrior, I know how to flank my opponent. I don't talk to coaches. You know who I talk to? The athletes. Yeah, right. And when I sit down on a board and I go, doom, doom, does this seem reasonable? They go, yeah, coach. I go, so handle your business accordingly. And all of a sudden, yeah. they, don't, they start not to go to this sparring session. They don't go to this jiu-jitsu camp. They, they, change, uh, they, they change coaches. And I don't get upset at anybody yeah. and nobody can get upset at me because it's the fighter making the decision. And ultimately, you train the athlete for Neil Magny if he signs on the dotted line, even if you can understand and he can understand why maybe you don't think it makes perfect sense as far as his career trajectory is concerned. Juan Carlos Santana, the great JC Santana with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. You can follow the gym at IHP Fit. I just want to ask you one thing, sort of. You navigate that very well in terms of the egos. Yeah, my mic keeps fucking cutting out and it's really annoying. So. Yeah, it looks like it's only picking up on my goddamn computer right now. No, no, it's annoying good. the fuck out of me. But so Gregory Rodriguez, okay, goes from fighting Brad Tavares, who is maybe the longest tenured middleweight on the roster, to fighting Bruno Fajeda, who's an undefeated fighter making his UFC debut. Now, you're not Gregory Rodriguez's head coach. You're not his manager, right? But you might have the best interpersonal relationship with the guy. But how do you navigate that? Biggest career opportunity against a big name and he's staying on the card now against a UFC newcomer. I know he's not on Gilbert Burns' level, but this is a pretty big pivot. I mean, you were the guy who broke this news to me over text message. Um, how did you navigate that for Greg, other than what you told us prior? I, we, we, we look at the numbers. Greg is 5'11". He's got, what, a 72-inch reach? You're 6'3 with a 77. He doesn't have your skills. Yes, he's 9-0, but against who? Against who? Look at, look at your last win. This guy hasn't even been in, in, in that hemisphere, much less in that ocean. We're going to drown him. We're going to drown him. Gregory's going to drown this guy. Gregory will outstrike him. Gregory will outkick him. Gregory will outclinch him. And Gregory, if it goes to the ground, this the thing is over. So, no, I'm telling you, Gregory has the physical skills. If you look at him, if you look at him and you train him and you see him go, he has the physical and psychological skills, I'm telling you, to go up against Izzy. And that's why Izzy mentioned him in good graces. Yeah. Izzy said, look, you know who's coming up? Da, 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 da. I would love to test myself against him with all due respect. Bro, yeah. when you had the, at that time champion calling your name out with such respect is because he saw something. I saw that a long time ago. Physically, who's going to touch this dude? We just yeah. He just needs four or five fights so he can get into that championship, you know, that championship mode because that's a different animal up there. All right. Well, there have been a lot of big nights in the UFC for the Institute of Human Performance, but you can argue none bigger than UFC 283. Daniel Marcos in the curtain jerker and then Gregory Rodriguez in a prelim on ESPN and ABC. And then, of course, the star pupil Gilbert Dorino Burns live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. You can follow the gym at IHP Fit, friend of the program, legendary Juan Carlos Santana. 
appreciate your time, your love, everything else, my man. And uh, I might actually get back in there next week. We'll we'll just have to see. All right. Don't threaten me with a good time. Huh, my man, appreciate <laughs> hey, your time. You, Congratulations. Good to see you as well, JC. Thank you. The legend Juan Carlos Santana with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. It is an interesting long form conversation about functional MMA training because I know you and Keith were always thinking along those lines. And, um, you know, there are, there isn't one great, you're one perfect approach, but I think it's interesting insight for our listeners to say the least. No, definitely, man. All right. Do we have our executive producer, Cody? Mar- I'm here, John. I'm here. Your mic's not, but I'm here. What an absolute disaster. The mic cutting out again. This thing has a mind of its own today. So sorry about my temperamental tendencies. Cody, what's up, man? What's up, man? Oh, well, I'm just here. I'm going to take the scissors to this like Johnny Depp. No, see, don't take the scissors to it. Like, I know there have been a few audio blips, but I think less is more on the edit. Turn this fucker around. All right. Get it out to the masses. Well, Seriously. We're going to turn around and hop on the Marrow Seconds bandwagon for Cody's covers. Are you ready for that? What do you right, got? Well, so, I mean, you guys were burying my girl, Lauren Murphy, in the main event challenge. I mean, <laughs> Lauren Murphy at Dog Money. How do you bet against Lauren Murphy at Dog Money? Like, I just don't see it. Plus 350. The only thing that worries me is that the over two and a half minus 130, I would bet this goes to a decision, which is probably about even money. But what worries me is that it's in Brazil the first time they've been there in years and the judges are going to be there. So, you know, Lauren Murphy's going to win a decision in Brazil over Jessica Andrade. I don't know about that, but Lauren Murphy plus 350. Right. I mean, you got to lay a little sprinkle on that, right? And Cody's biggest bet of 2022, for the record, the the bet, the fight he was most bullish on the entire year was Lauren Murphy against Misha Tate. So I got to give you that. She's got that dog in her. I'm just saying you can't go against it. So Kenny, I mean, if you want to make some money back later in the week and you're starting to feel frosty, then, you know, let her brother know. Right on. Uh, what else you got, so Cody? We're going to look ahead for the, the NFL pick. You know, my NFL picks have been hot, but how can you watch the Niners this past weekend and not want to bet them to win the NFC? I mean, plus 155, the only competition I can see is the Eagles. And I don't think, quite frankly, that Hurts is very healthy. So I think that the Niners plus 155 to win the NFC is a huge play. So that's what I'm going to play on the DK Sportsbook. And big things to come, guys. Big, uh, big things now that we can announce this partnership. There's going to be a lot of fan engagement, a lot of ways that we can really... Uh, connect with the fans with the podcast so big things coming in 2023 i love it thank you buddy and i love the 49ers to come out of the nfc all right that is going to do it for this week thank you all for indulging us don't forget full video episodes live on the DraftKings youtube channel clips on the anakin florian podcast channel and again any thoughts suggestions on the transition help us out but thank you for continuing to support the show as we get ready to enter what i believe uh is our ninth year thank you to our guests brian petrie and juan carlos santana we are right back next week god willing to recap ufc 283 i'll be back here in the u.s and we'll see who our champions are after the pay-per-view festivities thanks to jc santana brian petrie and cody merrill for kenny florida i'm john anik thank you all for watching and listening we'll talk to you in a few days until then yo fucking later let's go ufc 283 love a pay-per-view
Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.